Hey, welcome to the Metal Detecting Show, episode number 16. My name is Kieran, and this week I interview prominent metal detectorist and YouTube creator Norway Digger. We talk about his adventures in metal detecting and difficulties in coming up with compelling content for YouTube. So let's get on with the show. Hey, thank you for listening. We're at episode number 16. I hope you enjoyed the interview this week. If you want to give me feedback or interact with the show, please reach out to me on Twitter at Detecting The or Instagram at The Metal Detecting Podcast. Or if you want to pop me an email to Kieran at TheMetalDetectingShow.com. If you like this content, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And we're recording. Today we have Norway Digger in Ireland, Ireland's very own metal detecting maven, premier metal detecting content creator. How are you doing, Bjorner? Not too bad. And yourself, Kieran? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for taking the time to attend the interview here. You know, um, it's the first interview we've had on the podcast, and um, I'm kind of looking forward to having it with you about yourself. You know, I've followed you on the forums and on YouTube, so I just felt it was very much appropriate that we had an Irish metal detectorist on the podcast, even though you're from Norway. Well, thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here. It's uh, the first interview I've ever done as a metal detectorist so and a YouTube creator, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, it's good. Metal, te- metal detector or metal detectorist? Metal detectorist. Yeah, it's hard. I think the, the detectorist series sort of brought that into the fore, didn't it? We were detectorists. Yeah. So how did you get started, Fiona? I was always interested in treasure hunting ever since I was a little child. And uh, my granny used to to bring me in the car and go for a drive to visit her parents. And there was a mountain range that we were driving by every time. And she used to tell me the same story every time we drove by about three robbers who obviously stole something and hid the treasure up in the, the caves that was never found. So that's kind of what piqued my interest at start. Obviously, later on in life, I... Never did anything about it until um, all these TV shows and Oak Island and treasure hunting channels and all that started came come along on YouTube. And I got into it and I said, I might as well just give it a go myself. And that was about, what, 2017, I think, wasn't it? Something like that, yeah. About yeah, four, yeah. four years ago, yeah. And um, what, what drew you to the YouTube piece of it, creating the content for YouTube? Well, that was a bit more coincidental because... Um, I work shift work and I think I had a bit of a midlife crisis because I never saw the kids and uh, a couple of my uh, relatives actually passed away by natural courses very young. So I started to think about life and I said, would it not be great if the kids actually saw me doing something I enjoyed? So I started, started recording it and I put it up on YouTube because at least it wouldn't get lost. And that's sort of how it started off. But um, obviously I'm getting more and more into it and I'm enjoying trying to create new content and make the videos better and stuff like that. So I'm now looking for subscribers. Yeah. Yeah. Actually on that, take this opportunity to to plug your channel and any social media there right now, because with the podcast, people tend to drift off at the end. If you could plug a podcast. Yeah, no, just please uh, look up Norway Digger in Ireland. Um, my channel, subscribe. I have enough uh, views uh, to actually get monetized, but I don't have enough subscribers. So even if you don't watch my content, I'd be just click that button and <laughs> I, I might get something out of it. Yeah, perfect. It's basically uh, down to earth detecting because 
since I'm based in Ireland, I can't look for anything historical. I have to look for modern coins and jewelry and stuff like that. So you're not going to see me find any hoards because I'm not looking for them. But uh, every day detecting a bit of tin, uh, foil, cans, mm-hmm. coin, coins, jewelry. Also, it's a normal day is detecting in Ireland. Yeah, well, I can say one thing about your channel. I find it's, it's very honest. It's a very honest channel, even to the point that if you're having a bad day detecting, you'll come out and say, listen, I'm having a bad day. You know, this is not, you know, I'm not enjoying this. I think the name of the, one of the videos, you know, as a detectorist, I, I really appreciate that honesty actually in the, in the videos. Oh, thank you very much. That videos in particular, I uh, used uh, a minesweeper, a PI machine and a PI machine digs absolutely everything it doesn't have any discrimination and i think i spent five hours digging small iron nails and i I was it's a nice day but it's still not that enjoyable when you do it for five hours yeah that was the valen vmh 3cs that's the one what were you thinking when you bought that (laughs) (laughs) i just wanted something that went so deep that nobody else had been digging it um that was the idea but I didn't actually realize how much iron is on the beaches in Ireland because it was great machine, found everything, but it found too much. Yeah, but you, what I liked about it, actually, looking at it in the videos, I loved that LED display it had in the front. You know, it used to light up, like, particularly your night videos, you could see it lighting up. And I was like, oh, you know, that's a nice feature. <laughs> but yeah, that was it, I'm afraid. <laughs> it, it, was, it was handy, but uh, even the headphones, I had to, to make alternations to the headphones because it's all military with one... Yeah, earplug and two bands that goes around your head and stuff like that. So you look. I suppose they're designed to pick up large mines. I suppose are they? Uh, no, they're actually designed to pick up tiny little items because uh, the mines now are mostly plastic, apparently. So they have very, very oh. little metal in them. So you get the tiniest and tiniest of fragments, especially the small, like hair clip piece of hair clips and stuff like that. It's very, very sensitive, and that's that's why you get get a good signal and you dig forever to try and find it because it's it's so small that the pinpointer doesn't even pick it up at times and a torturous i'd say when you're out metal detecting on an irish beach it certainly is you know so you've had a couple of videos with that and i think that was your probably your second highest viewer content video i think your law video which is quite informative if you're going to metal detect in ireland so check it out um is your top but how difficult do you find it to, to create content? Because like even for me in the podcast, a very narrow field of knowledge that is there. And if you're doing a video, I can imagine it's quite the same where it's beep, beep, dig, beep, beep, dig. And to try and change that up it must be quite hard. Yeah, it's uh, it gets a bit samey. Um, I have to agree. Um, I have a couple of friends with me now more than I used to uh, that I met through metal detecting, which is very nice. Uh, they have a bit of input. Um, but I, I don't really plan a video. I just go out and I see what happens because th- I, there's no point for me planning that I'm today. I'm going to put this angle on it because different things happen at different times, and I might do some some editing when I get back and try and get some kind of a storytelling behind it. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, when I go out, I just start filming and and try and put it all together afterwards. Yeah, I've seen yourself and Dave doing ring recovery or treasure hunting. Sorry, let me rephrase that. Uh, you were looking for a treasure box or something? <laughs> yeah, this was an interesting one. Uh, you know, we're members of the Irish Metal Detection Society, and uh, somebody put up a post that uh, they had some buried jewelry in the, the garden. 
they knew it was about a foot down. So we got a we got interested and we contacted this lady. And the story was that uh, two or three years ago, or maybe even longer, um, the house was burgled, and she decided to to make sure jewelry was kept safe in the future. She buried it beside the bush in the back garden. Unfortunately, the bush grew and she didn't remember exactly where she hid it. And um, we went out anyway, and not a chance. We we went through that garden with a fine tooth comb. So I don't know what happened. If it the bush just totally grew over it, uh, covered it. If somebody had recovered it before, if if it sank below so deep we couldn't hear it. I have no idea. But um, she she was adamant that it was buried there and. Uh, it was bracelets and rings and few few nice things. So I, I don't know why we couldn't find it. You can see that sort of pattern emerging when we're involved in ring recovery or, like in this case, literally jewellery recovery. You have another video where the guy says it's in this part of the beach and you send him the map and he goes, actually, it's in this part of the beach. So it's very clear that people don't understand how much stuff moves around and shifts around, you know. Regarding that one, uh, he actually contacted me afterwards because I couldn't find that ring. And he said that his uncle borrowed a machine, went down to a totally different part of the beach and found it in the dry sand. And apparently he was adamant that he had lost it in the water. So (laughs) I spent about three hours, but sure, it's it's very difficult. Yeah, an enjoyable three hours. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember we were talking about in the preparation for the interview here and we talked about the motivations to metal detect and we talked about how it is a a positive aspect around mental health and Mm. how it's great for people to socialize. That's something that hasn't really been to the fore in Ireland, but you seem to have it down. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I have it down, but uh, uh, as I mentioned to you before, I work shifts. And I found that whenever my friends are free to go and do something, I'm in work or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoy my own company and I find it quite relaxing when I can go out on my own. Uh, thoughts are gone. You, you focus on what's, what's at hand, um, detecting, and looking for stuff. And the day flies by and it keeps me, keeps me going anyway. Um, and also with with uh, online stuff and social media, you you chat with people, you show finds and discuss anything from detectors to finds to all sorts of things. And uh, we've also met up a couple of times for uh, for lunch, just a uh, few of us who who are into detecting and uh, book a table, sit there for two hours, have a chat, a cup of tea, dinner. It's very nice. Yeah, I've seen that come up a few times and I just have been working, but I'm definitely going to make an effort to make the next one once we get over this COVID-19 situation. Absolutely. You know, you had the Valen VMH and you, the Xterra 705, I believe it was, yes. which you got, you got rid of both and got the Equinox. Yes, I did. How do you like the Equinox? Uh, I love it. It's not that hugely different from the 705, the Xterra. I find them quite similar. Mm-hmm. However, their recovery speed and that it's waterproof makes a huge difference to me. Uh, I like, well, my, part of the idea for getting Equinox was uh, to, to start bringing it into the water and detect in the water. And uh, the 705 didn't even have a, a waterproof coil on it. Uh, I had the double D coil, which isn't 
waterproof. The concentric coil is, is waterproof, but if, if I dropped or anything like that, mm. the whole machine would be destroyed. So I thought it's new tech or new technology and uh, it's the future. So I put the two together and, and a few extra quid and bought the Equinox. Yeah. The 600 or 800? 800. Yeah, I have the 800 myself. So going from the CTX to the 800, it was actually, I found Equinox, it's like a kind shooting machine. It's unreal. And it's super light as well. So I love bringing that to the beach. But yeah, I think it's just, yeah. it's just light years ahead of what has been out there. No, I'm not a, okay, I'm a MindLab fanboy, but no, I'm not a endorsed by MindLab in any way at all, you know? Yeah, no, I love MindLab myself. Um, I, I don't really get hooked on the on the garret the new one looks yeah. interesting uh, uh but uh, the the beach and the chatter and stuff like that is kind of what put me off yeah. those ones uh the c c scope i've never tried i'd love to have a good uh, go with a c scope but um, back in the day the c scope was the one to have wasn't some, it yeah i think so i think for an Irish detectorist, I think the Mine Lab is probably one of the the better ones you can have because we're confined to beach detecting. The reality of it, you know, you know, we can go to some fields and stuff, but you yeah. know, we in the main we're confined to beach detecting. And unless we pick up a Pi machine or a pulse induction machine, I think Mine Lab have the with the variable frequencies the technology sewed up that we can actually operate on a beach effectively. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, especially the Equinox, it's I find it great even in wet sand. Dry sand, water, yeah. um, black sand, it seems to master it all. Yeah, we both beach detect, right? You made a comment before, it was cashless payments are causing a reduction of fines on the beach. Now, this really stuck at me. Do you want to dig yeah. into that a little bit? I mean, I really like the logic behind it. Yeah, no, it's just, there was one day, uh, myself and Dave were out, and we could not find any coins. We did find five rings and a bracelet. And we went all over the beach and we just could not realize or we didn't understand why we we're finding so many rings and nothing else. And I think it was Dave who mentioned first that uh, hmm, everybody's using cards because of the COVID. We're not really supposed to use cash in uh, in uh, the shops anymore. So obviously people go go to the beach with their cards now and find bank cards is yeah. not that often you do. And uh, coins seem to have disappeared. That's something that has resonated with me myself. All the coins I've found recently are quite old. Decimal, pre-Euro coins, yeah. anyways, definitely. 20Ps are a plague to me right now at the minute. But uh, definitely, I was like, <laughs> I was glad of, a, of an excuse assigned to my not finding any modern coinage. But now saying that, that's fine too. We're okay with that, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. A bit part that's in a lot of your videos, I see an electric drum kit. I see a flying V guitar. I'm not sure if, if it's a fender that's hung up in the wall as well or something similar, but you're obviously clearly into music. Uh, I am. I'm into the guitars. Um, that flying V you see on the back uh, is some somebody in work actually was getting rid of it, uh, was throwing it out. So I said, oh, hang on a minute. I said, I'd, I'd love yeah. to hang that on my wall. I played it a few times. It's heavy. It weighs a ton. You have to sit down or else you have a bad back. But uh, it's a bit of fun. It's uh curiosity it look, looks good and in relation to the music have you put out anything that we might know of or be aware of i don't think you know i don't think you know about it i was in a band in norway before i moved to ireland and uh, we released three albums uh we did relatively well locally <laughs> so uh it, it was fun um i'd love to what was the name of the band Ulyasur. Ulyasur. Yeah, it's meant like spilled oil 
Actually, you should should look look, look that up. Uh, Olis or try and spell it the way you want. O l j e s o l. Uh, we just released a new song about uh, three months ago. Actually, that was recorded in, in the my, my little studio. I will absolutely check that out. So. When I find the link of it, I'll put it in the show notes so you can, everybody else can get a, a listen to it too. When did you come to Ireland from Norway? Uh, Twenty years ago, second uh, of January, second of January two thousand. So wow, well, uh, you're the millennium bug. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> N- new life, huh? new life, N- yeah. n- new millennium. And well, if it, if it's not too personal, what brought you to Ireland? Just uh, the missus. I met her in holidays in Greece in '99, and uh, it wasn't really working out to long distance relationships. So I said, I might as well give it a go. Yeah, it's always a bit a, of an adventure. It's always a girl. It's always yeah. a girl. I'm, I'm in Cork for the same reason. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, I see. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so what's the future for the channel? Well, I hope to get a uh, thousand subscribers. Okay. That's a long way to go. Um, so hopefully this podcast will will help me get there. Besides, besides that, I'd love to use it to see if I can um, promote a, a change in the law in Ireland, yeah. uh, so we can get a little bit more um, European ways of detecting. Um, there's a green light for change campaign going on uh, with the Irish Metal Detecting Society, and um, I'd like to thank uh, Frank there for for keeping that going and always working towards changing the law absolutely i really really support that cause and uh, if everybody to contact their local politicians and stuff like that in ireland and try and pressurize them to have a look at this this law and maybe change it it would be beneficial for us all yeah it definitely hampers our our hobby just the way the law is structured right now but yeah just to reiterate what you're saying, Frank and the Green Light for Change, it's a great campaign that we that we're all behind. Really, you know, every time there's an election, we're bringing it up as a, a topic on the doorsteps, you know. But yeah, I can't thank Frank and yourself and all the active forum members in Ireland that are really pushing it forward for us and for people like me who are what would you call it uh, a lurker <laughs> on the. On oh, I forum, wouldn't. I wouldn't know? call you a lurker. <laughs> oh well, I'm, I'm middle of the road. You know, I'm middle of the road. I like to chime in every now and again just to make sure Frank doesn't kick me off. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so do, we'll do our best to get you to the thousand. Anyways, we'll definitely give you a shout out several times. Thank you very much. But the future for the channel. I think it's a very honorable and honest channel. There's never a, a hint of planting of fines or anything like that that you do see in some channels. And I think I know how you would feel about that. Yeah, and, and even planting Euro coins is not the most interesting thing, is it? No, it's not really and truly. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> I, I'll just be out of pocket. Yeah. yeah I, probably won't, I probably won't find them all again, so I'll be out of pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a cost associated with planting fines. <laughs> So with YouTube, who do you rate and who would you like to shout out on YouTube? Well, I like, uh, say, the big ones, the Addicted to Bleeps, uh, Aqua Chigger, uh, Chill Bill, Robert Ferguson. He's uh, pretty much the only American channel I enjoy. Uh, no offense to the Americans. Uh, uh, Metal Detecting Face, a Scottish fella. And there's also a small uh, little fella, or little fella, he's a big man, but um, called Sibes Search. Uh, he's a Dutch uh, metal detectorist, and he does the absolute most brilliant uh, documentaries uh, uh, during his 
his uh, videos. So he'll he'll go out look for something, and then he does a documentary on on an interesting topic or a topic of, or regarding a fine or something like that. So it's check him out as well. Cyb search. Cyb search. I definitely will, and, and I'll include links to their channels in the show notes if that's okay. Oh yeah, perfect. Just before we wrap up, I kind of want to wrap up every interview with this one question, you know, so everybody can get something and everybody can learn from everybody else. So it's what you wish you knew before you started metal detecting. Well, I was thinking a little bit about that. And to be honest with you, just do a little bit of research so you don't break the law. Uh, Quite important because they don't forgive you if you break the law the first time or the 10th time. So know know the law uh, and then just go for it. Um, Get yourself any kind of detector if you can afford a a reputable detector fine Uh, i started off with a very cheap one um a seven like a deep target it's kind of like it's it's not a kid's detector but uh it's very cheap uh i wish i'd gone a little bit more expensive bought a second hand one um because when you get into the hobby you 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 kind of need something a little bit better um or you're looking for something a bit better uh, and you, if you don't get into the hobby, you could always sell it for pretty much the same money as you bought it for. So you don't really lose anything. Yeah. Just, just go for it. Um, get yourself a little trowel, uh, a pen pointer is kind of important and enjoy it. Absolutely. Good. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, that was Norway Digger in Ireland. Okay, I hope you like this episode of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Detecting Da or Instagram at The Metal Detecting Podcast. Don't forget to check out Norway Digger's channel. Just search YouTube for Norway Digger in Ireland, but I'll pop his link into the show notes. If you want to contribute or have suggestions for topics to cover, pop us an email to Kieran at The Metal Detecting Show. Don't forget to check out our website, www.themetaldetectingshow.com for this episode's show notes. Check out our Patreon page if you want to help the podcast stay alive or just want to buy me a coffee. Just search for The Metal Detecting Show. The link is in the show notes. Once again, I hope you enjoyed this episode, but don't forget to subscribe and we will chat to you all again next week. Get out there and happy hunting. <laughs>